gets away from one tackle. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Dawson out to Harris for a three ball. He got it. Kennedy looking, center shot. The Spartans are on their way to a win in the Rose Bowl. Completion. Live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pack. And your host, Fino. That is right, guys. Welcome back to the award-winning Pact. 704 Eastern Time on a little late today. As Lou mentioned, I'm your host, Fino, alongside our panelist, Harry Jaden. Turn up. Austin Goodman. Yo. It Kuglecki. Hi, guys. And our uh, production engineer, guy behind the glass as usual, Lou DeVizio. How's it going, guys? Guys, good good to be with you all. And, you know, like I mentioned, it's the award-winning pack, so I thought I'd open up with something. Um, Radio Sports Reporting, SPJ Awards, Best of MSU Journalism. The pack takes second and third place for their interviews with Ryan Keener in second, and third, it was our interview with Lupe Iso. So congrats to everyone that made this happen. It's really good to have a great show, and let alone be award-winning. Taking first place to our very own Max King and his edition of Pool Time. We'll take, you know, we'll take second and third to that guy. Max King is the best. Impact Sports Sweep on the board. Yeah, Impact <laughs> yeah. Sports. the podium. Yeah, that's right. Radio Sports Reporting Sweep here at SBJ. We're waiting on MAB Awards. When we know on that, we'll let you know. Um, but yeah, so 7.05 Eastern Time, basement of Holman Hall as usual. WDBM East Lansing. 89 FM or 88.9 FM. You know, transmitters still down, but you can always still stream us online. Impact89FM.org slash sports or impact89FM.org. Uh, Whichever one you pick, we hope you pick the sports site. But guys, we're talking a lot of stuff today. <clears throat> MSU basketball, we're talking about that loss to Michigan, the effects from this loss. Quick turnaround from this game. Play tomorrow at 7 p.m. in Iowa City against an Iowa team. Guys, Gary Harris is the real deal. But is he the best player in the Big Ten? We'll debate. Is it Nick Stauskas? Is it Gary Harris? Gary Harris now leads the Big Ten in scoring with 18.8 points per game. Pretty impressive. That's our first half segment. We'll talk this basketball. Myself, Faith, and Lou will break it all down as we always do. We'll break at 725. 727 approximately. We're talking Super Bowl. And I'll bring it in. Austin and Harry. And we're breaking down everything Super Bowl. Who do you guys have? The Legion of Boom. That Seattle Seahawks secondary versus Peyton Manning. Over under. Wow. 27.5 Omahas for Peyton Manning. Over or under. We'll talk that. The spread is three. Broncos are favored by a field goal. We'll talk that. But what about the weather? First outdoor Super Bowl, or cold weather Super Bowl, I should say. You know, the new, you know, the early reports were 60% chance of wintery mix. The new reports are about 38 degrees, 20% chance of precipitation. We'll talk all that stuff. And you got the X factors, the windy MetLife Himalaya effect in the Meadowlands. We'll talk. And of course, there are round table as we always do to wrap up our show. We're talking Richard Sherman and it's fine. Do you agree with the fine? You know, Roger Goodell said he doesn't condone the comments, so we'll kind of break that down a little bit. And more importantly, what about the Pro Bowl? Does the Pro Bowl matter? I think it totally matters. But we'll talk about the result, a 22-21 victory for Team Rice over Team Sanders. And should Deion Sanders have been allowed to play? Yes. Hello, Harry Jaden. So, guys, um, we'll talk. This basketball, that's the big thing we need to talk about here. An 80-75 to loss for Michigan State here at the Breslin Center. Michigan State played a good game. They were usually up six. And FYI, for you Dan Cryer followers on Walk the Line, they were favored by six points, Michigan State. I totally thought Michigan State would cover and win the game. 
Boy, was I wrong. No bigs. No one's in the game. But more importantly, Ludovizio, what is your initial thoughts to coming away from this loss, five-point loss? I'm not too disappointed, you know. I mean, obviously, anytime you lose to Michigan, it's a blow. It does. You know, it's like kissing your sister. That's what it's like. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, it's, it's... it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, after that Dawson injury, I, I kind of thought that U of M had the upper hand just because of you their did. momentum, you know. And they were playing, you know, they were playing three straight top ten opponents, let alone they beat them all. So yeah. That's first time since mid-'80s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, first time that's ever happened. First time for Michigan since, I believe, 64. So um, it's pretty incredible what Michigan to, to win the game in a hostile environment. His own is very hostile. And you know what's more shocking? That pretty much everyone on college game day picked Michigan State to win this basketball game. Jalen Rose included yep. it. And Faith, anytime Jalen Rose predicts Michigan State to win, you know it's killing him on the inside. And every time he spoke, it seemed like everybody was booing him. And Bro, I was booing him. Picks, <laughs> picks MSU. MSU doesn't pull, pull out the win. No, MSU does not pull out the win, but, you know, Harry kind of – or not Harry. Lou kind of alluded to it. <laughs> Harry off-scene did. Um, but, you know, Lou kind of alluded to it. No bigs. You know, no pain again. Mm-hmm. No Brandon Dawson, as we know of the whole issue, which we'll talk about. But, guys, wasn't it pretty obvious that you could see that they were lacking bigs here? They were lacking rebounding. They were lacking a lot of stuff. But it didn't really look like they were crisp, babe, at all. I do think they played with heart. I do think Michigan State did, you know, give that 110% besides, you know, despite the injuries, despite all the illnesses and everything that they, they've they had. They've definitely tried to overcome that. But, yeah, there's a lot of things that they could have done. Rebounding was definitely, like you said, with the bigs, definitely yeah. problematic. I think the free throws really came into effect. You could see that towards the end of the game that had we made some more, we might have been up with them. Yeah, and you mentioned free throws, Faith, and – you know what the one thing that shocked me? And eight, Gary Harris, an 81% free throw shooter, if you want to be totally exact, 80, 0.89 or whatever it was, 0.089. So he's, a, you know, he's an 81% free throw shooter, and guys, he went 5 for 9 in the game. So to me, that's so surprising for someone to go about like 57% and whatever it was. And I don't know. I just I, – I, I thought he left points out there. And to me, Gary Harris, Lou, doesn't leave points on the charity strike at all. No, he usually doesn't. But, I mean, how much can you pile on the guy's back? I mean, obviously you said coming into it he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I know later in the discussion you might bring this up, whether or not he's the best player in the Big Ten. But I I would make the argument that he's the best overall player in the country in basketball right now. So, but, yeah, I think what the sad part is is that – it seems like Michigan State is relying so much on sp- certain players when it should be really like the team together. You know what but I mean? What, you can, it, what can you do with these injuries right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you have to play the guys on the bench, deep in the bench. You have to play the guys on the bench, but then those guys who are healthy, those regular starters, of course they're going to take they're going to take control of the game. And mm-hmm. like I said, just pile it on his back. And free throws wasn't as in, in the luck that night, but I mean. It'll be back, and, I mean, Gary showed what he's made of. Guys, I looked at a Michigan State team. We're talking free throws. Before we talk about Faith, how, you know, she mentioned, she really mentioned how, look, you got to play the guys you have, and they did. Mm-hmm. Just some guys just didn't perform like the way they should no, have. No, absolutely not. We look at out, we'll talk free throws right now before we get into that. Michigan State, 16 for 23 on the charity strike, 69.6%. You're shooting 70%, you're expected to win a game. We look at Michigan, they're making 83.3% of their free throws. So they go 25 for 30. They make their free throws. Michigan State, first of all, 
get seven less attempts. So in Michigan State, like another precursor to seeing that, guys, they're lacking their bigs right there because their bigs draw fouls, their bigs go down low. And to me, Michigan State, or Michigan had one guy foul out, and it was Jordan Morgan, and he was in foul trouble all day. Mm-hmm. You look at Michigan State, two guys fouled out, but two guys on the cusp of foul trouble. Keith Appling, four fouls. You know, Alvin Ellis, the third, four fouls in 11 minutes. So to me, Michigan State was in really foul trouble. And in the second half, bonus, double bonus. To me, they got in the double bonus, what, was it the seventh minute or whatever it was? You're not going to win a basketball game like that. No, absolutely not. But, I mean, once again, you talk about foul trouble, I think it's kind of the same – Along the same lines of why Gary didn't get his free throws, you know, Keith Appling in foul trouble because how many minutes did he play? He played almost the entire game. Yeah, he played 38 minutes, and Gary, you know, Keith Appling played 37. So that's incredible. That's and in- I mean, that's going to happen. You're going to get in foul trouble when you play 38 minutes. But and, he, here, here's and my- when you're struggling to make a statement because you know that your fellow starters out there, you have to play tight. You know, it's a Michigan game. I, I mean. It's. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guys, but that stuff happens, especially when you put so much on their backs like that. Oh yeah, fade. Now. No, I mean, I think the guys did step up, though. I mean, you, you have, some did. No, some. Yeah, you're right. Some did. Not to come. <laughs> no, not no, to no, no, of course. But you know, Appling, wrist injury, back problems. He's playing through that. He's fighting through that. And you know, Tom Izzo is very, very proud of him for that. Yeah. But I, and and I saw some great defense out there too. Like I said, Michigan State did try to give their 100. Head, 110% with what they have. Here's what I, this is how you can tell the bigs are out, guys. Michigan State is out rebounded 35 to 29. They're, they're never really out rebounded. And when I look at it, look, Lou, you mentioned, look, when you play 37 minutes, you get four fouls. I think that's kind of bogus because if you look at Gary Harris, 38 minutes, zero fouls. Okay. And Keith Appling, one of his fouls was a technical, which you can argue that he should not have gotten that technical, but he got a technical. So, I thought, you know, Keith Appling was playing hurt. He wasn't driving. He was shying away from contact. You can see that. Again, a guy, Keith Appling, the guy is razor from the line. I mean, the guy goes four from six from the line, from the charity strike. And to me, that's so unlike him because on the season, okay, he's shooting 72%. That's not, that's not him. Like, you know, when he was a freshman, this guy shot 90%. Ever since that freshman year, 78%, 75%, 72%. So you know this guy's playing banged up. But Gary Harris is the same way. You have to make these free throws. You got to play more physical, but you can tell he's hurt. Three from eleven, three from eleven from the field, two from you know over two beyond the arc. He's just not healthy, and you can see it. These guys are playing hurt. It's true, and I know last week and the week before we talked basketball, and the argument was made. You know, every team has injuries. It Everybody's does. got about battle through injuries. I don't think that. That's that you're incorrect in saying that, but nobody's had injuries like we have so far. And I think when you look at this game, the Michigan game uh, specifically, it's it comes down to Michigan knew that they weren't at full strength. MSU knew they were at full, weren't at full strength. That doesn't make it any easier for MSU. But at, U of M still has that in the back of their mind that they know next time they're going to play, it's going to be a different game. You know, it might not be a different outcome, but it's going to be a heck of a different game, and they're going to they're going to have to be ready for it. And I think that's a positive for MSU going in. I definitely, but guys, here's my thing, Luke. This is Michigan State basketball. This is Michigan State. This is one of the top basketball, premier basketball programs in the country, led by a Hall of Fame head coach. This is Michigan State basketball, and I'll keep reiterating that because every team is going to have injuries, but the pleasure about being a Michigan State fan, or more importantly, a Michigan State player, is. Or even a coach, or what, or, or student, or you know whatever your affiliation to the university is, guys are going to be injured, and you're going to expect to step up. The difference in this game was Michigan State could have won the game. They were winning the game the whole, you know, first half. No one was talking about like, oh, well, the the guys were hurt. You know, they were winning. They were winning by six. 
So to me, when I look at when I look at the game at half, you're up 36-30 at half. As I expected, you're covering, you're doing whatever it require would love. The point is, Denzel Valentine had an atrocious game, okay? Travis Trice had probably one of the worst games I thought in his career. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go that far. 18 minutes, ineffective play. He fouls out in 18 minutes. He has three points, one assist, one board, one steal. It's just ineffective basketball. And when you're hurt, when you're hurting, you got to have guys like Travis Trice stepping up. You have a guy like Denzel Valentine who we're absolutely applauding on the show, Faith. How we were talking about Faith. You said, I think it was his best game he ever had. And you said and you told me that off air and on air, and I'm like, Faith, I agree. But this game Faith, <clears throat> for Denzel, 30 minutes, one for five from the field, 0 for two beyond the arc, didn't even attempt a free throw. You have four boards, three assists, no steals, no blocks, one turnover, and you foul out. You have two points, another guy who fouls out. It's a disgrace. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think he wants to show up when he wants to show up. But he didn't show up today. He didn't. He didn't, obviously. Or or, or Saturday night. But it's like a hit or miss with him. He's always up and down. He could have a really good game. He could have a really bad game. Here's the thing about Denzel Valentine. When Michigan State is hurting, okay, when Michigan State is hurting, they can can afford Denzel being a roller coaster. When they are at this point, look, guys, they need Denzel to step up. When you're healthy, he can be up and down. When they're hurting, you need Denzel to play like Denzel Valentine has the potential to. The problem is, right now, Denzel's playing atrocious. Travis Trice played atrocious. And if, if Gary Harris doesn't have a career night, and if, you know, Alvin Ellis III, out of all people, you know, four fouls, I won't get, but 11 minutes, four for four from the field, he's perfect from the field, and he has 12 points in 11 minutes, that's a guy that's stepping up in an unusual quantity. And Costello is giving you almost a double-double, eight, nine points, eight, eight boards, and 28. Kaminsky's got to give you more points than that. You know, you gotta, it's, you're not going to make up for pain. You're not going to make up for Dawson, a lead rebounder and one of your lead scorers. It's a group effort, Lou. It's a group effort to bring this guy back in. And right now, I'm not confident in this team, right? And I'm scared. I, if you're a Michigan State fan, you got to be scared. I'm scared for the next few weeks. There's no doubt about that. What about tomorrow's game? Are you scared? Absolutely, I am. You I think mean, they can we win? We talked about it. I think they can win. Okay, well, I'll bring your point. <laughs> well, my point is, I think. There's no question that there's been leadership issues outside of Payne and Appling and Harris, through example. You know, we're not in the locker room. We don't know mm-hmm. who's vocal, who's not vocal. But, you know, you can you can make assumptions, and I would assume that Payne and Appling are those two guys. And, I, I, I mean, it, they just need to find people to step up. They need people to step up in the absence of these guys. For a little bit, it was Kaminsky with those threes. But then you thrust them in to that starting role, yeah. and all of a sudden – you know, the guy's a shadow. So it, it, it's kind of disappointing. Same thing with Trice. I, I mm-hmm. completely agree. And I honestly, I wasn't surprised that Denzel didn't step up because he you seems weren't? to be. I, I wasn't. I mean, I'm disappointed, but I That's wasn't surprised word. because I feel like when he gets thrust into those prime situations, he just kind of squanders it. He, he's a guy who likes to have people in front of him. So the pressure's not on. I mean, obviously, you can tell by his shot selection, he has no. I mean, he has no idea what he's doing as far as shooting selection and just decision-making, and I think that's a big problem for Denzel. To me, the one thing that I saw at a Denzel Valentine that just looked absolutely ludicrous was he had an open J on the corner, and then he stepped back like three feet to take it even a He's deep, greedy. He's a it, greedy player. But to take it even deeper, two, it wasn't even a three. He stepped back when he had an open look initially just to take a deeper two. Like, if you're going to step back, bro, get behind the three-point arc. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. So it was just bad so- shot selection. And you know what? Denzel, in a key game, can he step up? You know, against 30 minutes, 
two points against Michigan. I know against an inferior Indiana team, but 30 minutes, 10 points. But he gave you seven boards. He gave you, he didn't foul out. He gave you two assists. And then that great game against Illinois that faced like that's his best game ever. And I agree. 11 rebounds, 15 points. It's just in 34 minutes. And he had three fouls. And he turned the ball over once. It's just, to me, he's got to give more effective play. And Travis Trite is another guy. You can't give 18 minutes and foul out. You just cannot do that. At the, look at any of if, you, if you're playing for like, I don't know if you're playing for like a Miami now who is down without Larkin, you know Jim Laranganga's team. When the spotlight is not as high as Michigan State is, I'm picking the U because they had a very good year last year and they're down two seed now they're down. The point is when all the lights are on you, you got to step up. And I think Russell Bird playing 13 minutes was the epitome of that. I thought Russell Bird was look. I mean, I'm trying to be nice, but I thought, but you know what? It's our jobs to be, you know, cr- you know, critical. I thought Russell Bird was also ineffective. I looked at guys that was completely ineffective. I thought, you know, Gavin Schilling, seven minutes, four points. Okay, fine. He gave you three boards. Effective play, I guess. Gone up four, you know, four minutes, but four points in four minutes. Why didn't he play more? Kaminsky, Faith, you've been loving Kaminsky, but I think the the slumber, the slumber party about Kenny Kaminsky, I think, is over. I think it's over. I think right now the book's out on this guy. They know what he can bring. They're giving him more contested threes. He's not making it. This guy's six nine, can't even rebound. He can't play good defense. Right now, why is Kenny Kaminsky even starting? Great question. That surprised me a lot. Why I... is he starting? And I'll t- I'll tell you why he's starting. He's pretending to be that. F- <laughs> what are they playing him at four? Because if you're looking at Denzel Valentine, he's playing that sh- small forward. He's playing that three. So Gary plays the two. Keith plays the one. Kaminsky's playing your f- a four. He's listed here as a guard and in our media kit. But he's look, he's a small forward if you really want to analyze Kenny Kaminsky, in my opinion. The thing is, there's no size in this lineup. Michigan State has no size. They need to beat you with effective play from the field. And to be honest with you, 26 for 56 is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it when you're playing a Michigan team. And here's the thing, guys. Michigan State shot better from the field than Michigan. The difference is Michigan shot better from beyond the arc, 58%. Michigan State, 41%. And they made their free throws, 83 to 69. And that's what the game comes down to. You can shoot better from the floor and still lose the game. You have to make the shots when it counts. Those three-pointers, I mean, that's Michigan's MO, though. I mean, I think you had to know that coming into that game. You had to expect that they were going to shoot better from the three. And I think that that put a little bit more pressure on the Michigan State guys to get their twos, you know? Yeah, so I, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree that that's their mo. You know, that's their mo. You can't take that away. All I'm saying is, Michigan State's got to shoot better, effective beyond the arc. Payne Faith is going to give you some threes that he'll make. You know, Gary did everything Gary could do in this mm-hmm. game, but Appling was ailing. You felt that Alvin Ellis the third gave you two for two, and then Russell Bird missing two threes. I mean, Kenny Kaminsky missing two threes. You know Costello's going to even attempt one. Denzel missing. If you can see, and that's the MO. I mean, if you know you're going to have to shoot the three ball well to beat Michigan, they didn't do it, and that's why they lost this one. I mean, University of Michigan, the first few points were three-pointers. Yeah. Boom, done. I was like, what? What? Yeah. And, you know, and then, like you said, Gary, Gary Harris did shoot the lights out. You know, what, 27 points? Yeah, I mean. Career high? Career high. Absolutely. Incredible. Incredible game for The Gary. guy's unreal. But you're right. The three-pointers killed us. Free throws. Everything killed us. <laughs> I, that, that, that's the thing. And, Lou, you were talking about Gary Harris, best player in the country. I disagree. I don't think he's the best player in the country. But, um, you know what? I think he's the best player in the Big Ten, but not the best player in the country. And, you know, what? he gave you the career night. So, I don't know. What do you think, Faith? Stauskas or Harris? Oh, in, in, oh you're talking about the Big Ten. Oh, see, the, 
they're like neck and neck for me right now. In the Big Ten, you guys are talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think Gary Harris is the best player in the Big Ten. I would completely agree. I want to see what Faith has to say. She <laughs> says neck and neck. I think I, it's closer than people think, but it's eighteen point eight points versus eighteen point five points. But it, all you were listing off are offensive stats here. Stauskas can't play D. And Garrett Harris is one of the best. Well, Gary plays well. Def- like, yeah, yeah. You know, he plays great man defense. But realistically, guys, you know how these best player things go. It's all points per game. I disagree entirely. But I'm telling you how they vote. That's the way it goes. Oh, I, I don't care about the vote. I'm, I'm just talking talk- about my vote. Okay, well, your vote is, I agree it should be about defense, but I'm telling you how it goes. You're I don't talk- think it's just about defense. I think it's about all-around play. And if like, you want to be the best, the best you have to play okay. on both ends of the court. And if you're ineffective on one end of the court, you know, you're not the best. You might be the best three-point shooter. I'd give him that. But you, you're still an ineffective player in I'm the t- defensive end. I'm telling you, for college basketball, all that matters is the offensive stats. As much as I want to agree with you that it should be about defense, it's all about the it's, it, it, like, You know what I'm saying? Ro- have you heard of you know Roscoe Smith? Leads the, leads the NCAA Division One in rebounds per game, 12.2. But no one's ever heard of him. Because yeah. he's not good at offense. And you're right about the offense, but... Telling you. But telling you. you can't just have offense and no D. You can have, and you can't have just no D and no offense and be considered to be the best. I'm, you got to be the best at every single opportunity that you get. And I think Gary Harris is. I'm, yeah, I, look, I think Gary Harris is a great player of the Big Ten. Just not, he's not the best player in the country. I'm telling you. They're going to, the, the guys are going to give it to a Doug McDermott, a Creighton team, aim, you know, from Ames. This guy's having 24.3 points a game, 7.2 rebounds. He does it all. And the guy's, the guy's a power forward. The guy's killing it. That's what people are going to look for. They're going to look for a power forward shooting 45% from, from three. What? You know, this guy shoots 90% on the free throw line. This guy's, how tall is he? 6'8". See, that's a guy they're going to vote for player of the year. Not a Gary Harris. That's pretty money. Uh, I I mean, there's no doubt in that. I'm telling you. But if you want to stick to the Big Ten, I'm just upset at Faith for saying neck and neck with Stauskas here. I think it's close. (laughs) You've got to realize it's closer than people think, Faith. No, I I do. I do. Honestly, like you said, what they're they're almost, they're very, very close. 18.8 18.8 points per game, mm-hmm. ver- that's Gary, yeah. versus Nick Stauskas is 18.5 points per game. Yeah. Point three difference. Point three difference. So I think that's something to be said. And you said it's about defense? I do think defense is, is it's like a silent weapon. You do need defense. You 100% need defense. I didn't defense. say it's about defense. I said defense is a it's major key. part of the formula if you're looking at a best player. And I'll say something else. Have you been watching the Big Ten Network? You know what makes me sick? Oh, These don't videos don't even get of Stauskas playing on his backyard. Like, that's cool. You can dunk on your backyard rim. Yeah. You You're a pretty good player. I don't even watch that crap. <laughs> I don't even watch that crap, to be honest with you, Lou. Because if he, you like, shooting him in the rain and stuff? Yeah, I mean, he's out in Canada. Surprisingly, it's cold in Mississauga. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, wow, Ontario's cold. <laughs> Newsflash here on the pact. Like... Yeah, and then his dad's like passing him three points. What do you is expect? that a regulation? That a regulation? Really? Yeah. No, and then they're out here filming yeah. like the guys Wayne Gretzky R- or something. Yeah, rumor on the street it wasn't even a men's size ball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was twenty. It was twenty eight and a half. I measured. But to be but to be honest with you, I don't care what you do in your practice. It's the same thing with football. I don't care what you do on the practice field. I don't care what you do on the uh, you know in practice. We're talking about practice. If you can't do it on the hardwood, I don't care. I completely agree. I don't and care. Yeah. I, but I think it's in every sport. People like these flashy offensive guys. That's, and but that in every sport, it makes points. me sick because that doesn't make you a great player. It's like It I, makes you a good offensive player. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. 
I totally agree with you. So we'll wrap up there. You know, the whole thing, hold on. Before we get into the predictions on Iowa, it's like the whole thing with, like, scoring. It's like why Americans can't embrace soccer, which really bothers me. It's like there's not enough scoring. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you yeah. got to love the game. Brooks, myself, Brooks, and Yales, they're behind the glass. They, I mean, we talk about this crap all the time. Like, there's not enough scoring. MLS won't go anywhere. I'm like, you know what? It's crap. It's junk. It's a great game. Love for the sport. But that's what people like, Lou. They like scoring. That's why I'm saying it's all about offense. So quick predictions. Who do you guys got? Iowa, Michigan State. Who do you got? Lou? I'm going to go Iowa. You're going to go Iowa by how much? Uh, round five again. I, I, I just, you I don't think, see Michigan State pulling it off. I, don't think, I think Iowa's – I mean, they've lost They're to great. Michigan, but who's hotter than Michigan right now? No one is. No one. Who's no. second? Iowa. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue. Faith? It's going to be very, very close. Okay. Iowa because at home – they're at home. They've got that home home advantage. They haven't lost a game at home yet. One of my favorite, one of my good, 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 good guys I like to watch would say, not so fast, my friends. <laughs> I like Michigan State to win this game. Close, close. It's to, going to be close. It's going to be close to the Carver-Hawkeye Arena. It's going to be close. I like Michigan State to win. Before Lou kills me, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back talk Super Bowl with Harry and Austin. You're listening to The Pack, 89FM. You're listening to The Pact on 88.9 FM, WDBM, East Lansing. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. All the gamers look at you as a game member, too. Premature break there, guys. Uh, cancel on the break, so let's just get right back into it, Fino. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, wait, premature break? Premature uh, ending on that break there. Little little technical difficulties, but well, better now. I like being live because the thing is, the thing when we have the funny thing is, we always have to take a break. And Sharg's like, Fino, you're not taking enough breaks. So you know, we try to take a break. You know, what? forget it. We're talking no more breaks. No more breaks. <laughs> no more breaks. Well, we're back on the pack, Fino, alongside 88.9 FM, as Lou mentioned, WDBMB Slanzing. We're in the basement of Holden Hall as usual. We just had our first segment talking MSU basketball with uh, Lou and ha- uh, Lou and Faith. We're now talking Super Bowl with. Austin and Harry. And guys, if you want to call in, 517-432-3893 is our number. 517-432-3893. You're on WDBM East Lansing. Guys, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. It's this Sunday. Finally, happy Super Bowl Sunday to both of you. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to you. It's exciting. It's the last week of football for the first time until Labor Day weekend. So guys, embrace it. It's Super Bowl week. It's in the frigid, frigid tundra of my hometown, New Jersey. But I love Jersey. And, guys, it's great. But the thing is with the Super Bowl, we got to talk a lot of stuff with this thing. The, you know, First of all, well, who do you guys got? And I know I, we're going to break it all down. But first I want to talk about maybe we'll go first and see who do you guys got. And then we'll try, maybe you guys will try to convince each other that, you know, you know, your prediction is wrong. You should go with my team. Hopefully you guys are going to the other team. But who do you guys got? Harry, Super Bowl. I got the Seahawks, Legion of Boom. You all do. day long. So they're de- you know they're predicted to to lose you know by three. Mm-hmm. So cover, no cover, close a one point game. Give us a score. Let's go with low scoring game, twenty one seventeen Seahawks. Okay, what do you got? I actually have a pretty similar score. Uh, it's twenty four seventeen Broncos. Okay, so you're smart. Yeah, huh. yeah, that's yeah. right. Let's go, Harry. Exactly. So okay. Peyton Manning faithful. Yeah, uh, the, to the, the and to the rest of the Broncos, they are a stellar team. Look, the Broncos, the look, guys, the Broncos, the Broncos are a great team. The Seahawks mm-hmm. are a great team. Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, you know what, guys, I'm really excited for the Super Bowl. Not only is it in my home state, that aside, but what is the Super Bowl supposed to be? A celebration of the two best teams in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And here's a true representation of the two best teams in the NFL: thirteen and three team versus a thirteen and three team. You have 
the NFC champion versus the AFC champion. But as you see in years past, with some teams, they're usually not the best team in the NFC all year. They're but the now, hottest. They're the That's hottest. Usually, a lot, this happens is, a lot of times, yeah. This year, we're seeing the hottest teams and the best teams. Can we both agree on that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Definitely. Without a doubt. So, I think, for me, guys, the key matchup in this one is that Seattle secondary, Legion of Boom, as they call themselves, against Peyton Manning. And there's no doubt about it that Peyton Manning, in my opinion, is is my MVP of this regular season. What do you got? I agree with that 100%. Peyton Manning is one of the best quarter. It, okay, in my mind, he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Okay. He's better than Tom Brady in my eyes. Oh, we yes. had this discussion last week. There's no doubt. There's nothing more to say about that. But there's it's no beyond Peyton. It actually is beyond Peyton. You think? He, I mean, he calls the line of scrimmage like he does. Mm-hmm. He yells Omaha, Omaha, and I yes, love it. But there are other players around him that just makes him so much stronger. Julius mm-hmm. Thomas, no Sean Moreno. These two players are going to pop off against this Seahawks defense. The Legion of Boom isn't going to be able to stop a speedy little no-Sean Moreno coming down the right side of the field in for a touchdown, or that beautiful lob pass from Peyton Manning just over Richard Sherman's little fingers to get a touchdown in the end of the game. I really think that Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos offense can take it to the Seahawks defense. What do you got? My problem with that is... I'm not so worried about Manning versus Legion of Boom. I'm worried about Manning versus this under 40 degrees weather. Oh, give me that. Oh, let, let me give you some stats to back this up. First career, Manning has a 70% win, 70% win percentage. Under 40 degrees, that drops to 45%. His QB rating in, it, over his whole career, 97%. Under 40 degrees, 84%. Interceptions go up 0.5 more per game on, in cold weather under 40 degrees. I just don't I don't see it. Under 40 degrees, Do you I think, think the weather the, gets the best of us. Oh. You think that the best quarterback in the NFL isn't preparing for this right now? Oh, I knowing d- his stats, he, from, knowing what he produces in yeah. that Hold weather, on. you don't think he's... I think he's trying to prepare, but this is something that's happened guys, over his career. I think he has prepared. Guys, you, can't, you can't change tendencies. This is, no, look, this is his career. I, I totally agree. You can't change tendencies, except that's crap. The reason is it's because a lot of those stats is when he played in Indianapolis, and he played indoors, and he played like four games outdoors, and it was like whatever. Right now, he understands the climate of Denver. He understands he plays in the mile high. And guess what? He had his greatest career ever in cold weather. So I think that's junk. And I think in the last game, he just threw for 400 yards in, what is it? Yeah, he threw for like four something. Yeah, yeah. No, he did. In the AFC Championship game. So I don't care. When he's playing in, when he's playing in Indy, yes. When you play indoors, 72 degrees, room temperature, whatever it is. Sorry. For your entire career. For your entire career. And then you're now you're acclimated to Denver. And he's playing, I think, could, you look at Peyton Manning's stats. Yes. Okay, Eric? You look at any season he's had, can, it's not even debatable. This is the best re- season he's ever had. Yes, it is. Yes, okay? I agree. In cold weather. Mm-hmm. Don't you think he's acclimated to that? I don't think he's – in Denver, it's not as cold as under 40 degrees just about every game. Maybe towards the end of the season. But they get that snow. They, they get, get that, that precipitation. The end. They get all that stuff. It's also thinner air up there. He can chuck the ball a little bit further. Down in New Jersey, he won't have that. With his You'll have the Himalaya strength, effect, yeah. The, I, 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 all the surgeries I, he's had, I, I don't think he's going to have the arm strength to throw it deep. And I think when he does throw it deep – Sir Earl Thomas is going to be ready for him. Okay, well, Sir Earl Thomas is going to have a lot of other things to worry about. Because here's my thing. Um, because, look, when you look at it, Harry, to me, look, it's, the, you know, the, the what they're predicting, you know how predictable, the, you know, we're in yeah. Michigan, so yeah, the weather's yeah, always yeah. unpredictable. But in Jersey, it's actually somewhat correct. Um, the wind projected for the Super Bowl is six miles per hour. Now, for game time at MetLife Stadium, you know, Himalaya effect is not as bad as it used to be at Giant Stadium at the Meadowlands. Go figure six mile per hour trend. I'm telling you as a Jersey kid, New Jerseyan, that's going to translate about 16 to 15 miles per hour. Yep. Okay? So that's not too bad if you're Peyton. 
Now, my thing is, has Peyton Manning ever had the targets and weapons he has now? No, he hasn't. I agree and with that. That's a keep great in point. Mind, and keep in mind, he played with Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. But right now he's playing with three great receivers, a Wes Welker, an Eric Decker, a Demarius Thomas, a Julius Thomas, a no Sean Moreno running back. I mean, his options are pretty decent defense backing him up and, for that matter. And just, that, I just want to put that out there. What about that O-line? What about that O-line? He does have all the weapons around him, but I do think the Seattle defense and the Seattle offense, I think they have the weapons as well. We talk about both these teams being great. Both these teams are great. It's not all about the Broncos. I don't think that the Seattle defense has seen something like a playoff Peyton. Nor nor has Peyton seen anything like a Seattle defense. I agree with that. Neither has seen each other. That's what they this is. This is this is a very good defense. I don't think he's never seen it. Yeah. Because I think he's seen some great defenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like he has played some against some excellent New England defenses with Rodney Harrison's and Mike Vrabel's. Mike Vrabel's. You know uh, who am I missing? Teddy Bruschi's. He's played against ridiculous people. Yeah, but not this year with this team. Vince Wilfork. He's. I I would argue that he's never played against this kind of secondary. Secondary, Fine, but my if this game is played in Seattle, I can entertain you. Because I would think Seattle would win the game. That's how far I would think. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's played in a neutral field. It's the Super Bowl. I don't think it's as neutral as you would think because of the weather. I think that Seattle has the edge playing in that in the Northwest up there where it rains a lot. If it does rain, I give this game twenty percent chance of precipitation. Higher. You know, yeah, just yeah, not, so not our listeners. Chance, but I think that gives. If it does, I think Seattle has a huge advantage, and I think they have more of an advantage on this field than the Broncos do. I think we're only just talking about the disadvantages for Peyton. What about the disadvantages for Russell Wilson? The thing about Russell Wilson is he doesn't rely on the passing game. He relies, his team relies on not turning the ball over, efficient gains, and scoring enough just so the defense can hold them off. But, but I'm not necessarily saying that that X factor is going to be a part of the game. But guy, it might be the big stage of the Super Bowl against Russell Wilson. Now, we, you could argue that he is a phenomenal young quarterback. Yeah. quarterback. Yes, he is a phenomenal young quarterback. He has done things on his feet and in the passing game both that are stellar. He does have Percy Harvin as a wide receiver, but I don't know if, you know, He's mature enough to play against uh, a veteran. Here's my thing. Team like this. here's my oh. thing. Something's got to give here. Something does. Have Something to has to give because you're dealing with the best defense. Look, opponent passing yards average allowed per game. Seattle leads the NFL with a 172 average. Peyton, obviously, obviously, that offense is prolific. We don't have to go into it like the stats and everything. Yeah. They're fourth in rushing yards. In the NFL, 136.8 rushing yards per game. Passing yards are 26 in the NFL with 202.3. The point is, they don't pass a lot. They run the football, mm-hmm. okay? Marshawn Lynch needs to play very effective in running the... In my opinion, if Seattle needs to... If they're going to smell a Vince Lombardi trophy, Russell Wilson has to be turnover free, give rush for 50 yards. Marshawn Lynch has to rush for over 100. Period. And I think Percy Harvin needs to have at least 60 all-purpose yards. Exactly. And, yeah. And that, yeah. Because Percy Harvin is fast. Yeah. Okay. With the Golden Tate, with Percy Harvin, okay, with the, and Doug Baldwin, those are three guys for me that are three absolute playmakers that are all receivers. So they're receivers. They have playmakers. Now they have a running back. They have a guy that can run at quarterback. They're effective. But Russell Wilson, for me, has to be mistake-free. This guy threw for 3,300 yards this season. He isn't a, he isn't a chump. Okay, and he had 26 touchdowns. But for me, you got to have the Doug Baldwin. And look, guys, Marshawn Lynch averaged 4.2 yards per carry. That's what he's got to give you, and that's what he needs if he's going to beat this Bronco team. And an underrated thing about Percy Harvin is his return game. In 2011 and 2012, when he wasn't injured and he was healthy, 
He led the NFL is he gonna re- in it, yards per return. They don't know if he's going to return, though, because they're minding that concussion. Yeah. So, so you know, but, you know, Seattle's going to be ultra secretive. They're not going to reveal all their cards yet. It, what is it, Monday of Super yeah. Bowl week? We'll know, we'll know something at Media Day, and we'll break it all down on our Super Bowl edition next week. Yeah. But, guys, something's got to give. But, you know, Seattle's going to tip their cap completely. I think Seattle's going to be in this game. And deep down, I think it's going to be a close one. I really do, but it doesn't matter. I like Peyton and the Broncos winning 24-20. to 20. They cover. It's close. I, it, it, to me, Denver is just too, too much. And you know what? Mm-hmm. If Seattle can make Peyton turn the ball over and make mistakes, and like you said, if the wind or the weather plays a factor, look. Or the stage. I mean, Peyton threw that pick six in the last Super Bowl he was in against the Saints. That clinched the game for the Saints. Yeah, but you, you know talk what? talk about Russell Wilson not being mature, but. Payton hasn't – I mean, he won that one Super Bowl, but he's had his playoff failures, I, and they're well-documented. Guys, Peyton Manning's a veteran. This guy's yeah. 37 years old. He's been there. He's won one. He's it's lost one. It's the fact one. that you said, oh, well, he's had that one Super Bowl. What does Russell Wilson have? He, well, he doesn't. If you, if you consider how many times Peyton's been to the playoffs, I think it's 13 by now, and he only has one Super Bowl with all the great teams, all the regular season wins he has. Yeah, but I don't think he's had this good of a team, though. I don't think he, he has. I don't had, think he has. He it. hasn't had this good of a team. He has not. And you know, I, I agree. But he also hasn't played in an outdoor environment like this for a Super Bowl. I think that's big. Yeah, well. I, yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. And I think if he was still in Indy and he was coming into this game, I would, I would, I would see your argument. Yeah. But for me, is this guy just had a career year in Denver, and I understand Denver isn't like Michigan freezing, but it's still a cold place. They see snow, they see rain, they see you know all this precipitation, like they see all this stuff, and they'll see the same temperature that they're going to be seeing in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, they see thirty eight degrees. Guys, the thing is, the reason why I like Seattle, it, like I like Seattle to play a competitive game, is because if it rains, that's why Seattle runs the football. They're there, they understand how to play in this kind of weather. So you can see Seattle's argument, you can see their defense, but dude, Peyton Manning just knows what to do. I cannot see him. And the thing is, okay, if you're if you're Richard Sherman and you're glue and he's glue on Demarius Thomas, Peyton has so many other options at his disposal. And Peyton is so smart, he knows. That 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 guy goes up to the line of scrimmage and literally changes the play based on what, what the defense is giving him. Mm-hmm. He is that smart and that intellectual in the game. You, There's no doubt about the it. The NFL I mean, has turned him up on a microphone so you could hear what he's doing. It's all the Omaha impressive. All the o- I, I agree with it's all the Omaha's, the- but the Seattle secondary is great. You guys keep talking about how Peyton's great. Seattle's leading the league in defense too. So like I said, even but he can pick them apart. He goes he, up to the line of scrimmage and he's he calling also, this guy out and that guy out and changing that around. How do you work? You against can call. That? You can call all you want. You can call all the Omaha's. All yeah, the audibles I don't think that you, you can want, work against it. But, but you have the greatest corner in the game right now. The greatest safety in the game. I next, agree. Ed Reed. Quote Thomas. unquote. Yeah, I know. I I do think Richard Sherman is the best corner in the game right now. Oh, who's better? And there's no debating Earl Thomas is the best safety protecting the deep ball. Earl Thomas third, I agree. Yeah. I mean, who is the best corner? Do you not agree with that? Who's better? Don't say Darrell Reeves. <laughs> Darrell Reeves, ever since he got all his hype, he's I'm been not, a no-show for me. Let's, let's the, focus on the Super Bowl right now. I don't... Yeah, but the that, point... That will literally go for another 30 minutes. The, the, the point is, he is the greatest corner in the game. There is no rebuttal to that. But my, my point is, <laughs> there is no rebuttal. Vino's opinion. Yeah, no, I, I'm telling you. It, you look at the stats, he's a, I think the best corner right now. But you look at it, something has to give. You have Peyton's passing offense, 340.3 yards a game on average and passing yards, versus Seattle's 172 allowed. So something has to give. Yeah, yeah. Then you look. Then you look at what Seattle averages on the rush. They average what 136.4 rushing yards per game versus, you know, Denver's a 101.6 rushing yards allowed per game. Yeah. Something has to give, and that's what's going to break the game, Harry. Exactly, and I think the X factor is Peyton Manning and his in the losses. So that's your Denver, X factor. Denver had this year. He's only thrown for 275 yards per game in the wins. 
he's thrown for 360. So there's a big disparity in that where he has to achieve what he has to do in the passing game. I think that opens up the running game, puts the defense on the heels. So I think it really does come down to Peyton Manning on the Denver Broncos side. Is he going to perform? Is he going to come to play? And this also falls on the Seahawks. Is their defense going to perform? Is their defense going to lock them down? Whoever wins that battle, I think, wins this game hands down. Yeah, Austin, give us your X Factor. Harry gave us his. Who do you like in this X Factor in Super Bowl? Russell Wilson. Okay. You want to know why? Give I'll tell you guys why. Because Ru- I just said this earlier to Harry. I don't know if Russell Wilson is ready for a Super Bowl. I don't know if their offense can score the points that they need. You were talking earlier, and during the MSU segment, it's all about offense. It's all about scoring. It is. Can the Seattle Seahawks get enough points to beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl? I don't think so. And that stemmed from your quarterback. We're giving, we're putting so much pressure on Payne Manning to call the game. You're putting him as the X factor, but he's a way better quarterback than Russell Wilson is. And if you want to put Payne as the X factor and leave the game up to him, he is going to take that game like that. I do not think that Russell Wilson will be able to contribute those kind of things. Okay, that's an interesting X factor. You know, you can argue that. I think Russell Wilson, if he's going to win in this game, he has to play effective and turnover free. Exactly. For me, my X factor is Richard Sherman. And I think the reason why is because Demarius Thomas against Richard Sherman, we're talking about in all segments, something has to give. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my got to give moment there. I think if Richard Sherman plays lockdown and takes Demarius Thomas out of the game, Curious to know how Peyton will we go back to them. It's kind of like when Cap went right there to Michael Crabtree regardless. Right. I don't think Peyton would do that because Peyton has the weapons to not do something like that. So for me, that's my X factor. I think it's Richard Sherman. If he plays lockdown the way he does, the greatest corner in the NFL plays like the greatest corner in the NFL. But you know what? I still think it's moot and it doesn't really matter because I do 100% like the Broncos to win this game. Closing thoughts, Harry. Another reason why I have the Seahawks. Feb- January twenty, January 31st is the Chinese New Year, Year of the Horse. And you would think that would play into the Broncos' hand as the Year of the Horse. But little known fact, no NFL team has won it when their mascot has been in the Year of the Chinese Calendar. They've always lost it. Broncos made it in 78 and 90 during the Year of the Horse. They lost the Super Bowls by a combined score of 82 impressed. to 20. Wow. So Voodoo impressed. stuff, but wow. hey, it works. <laughs> Found knows? it online. All right, so yeah, okay, that, that's that's so interesting. But let me ask you something fun for this for you, Austin. Something fun. Over under in the Omaha's in Vegas is twenty seven and a half Omaha's for Peyton. <laughs> something fun. Over under twenty seven and a half Omaha's. I, I hope it's over. I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say over too. I'm gonna say Harry over under. I'm gonna say under. Okay. I think you're on Payne's that Seattle be, train. Payne's he's gonna, gonna Omaha be, uh, his way to victory, and I'm gonna love it. He's oh, gonna think we'll it's talk some kind of right joke, there. and he's gonna not say Omaha anymore. He's just gonna change the word. But I would love to hear him say a hundred Omaha. <laughs> yeah, a hundred <laughs> Omaha. You know, you know. No disrespect to Omaha. I heard you know one of my friends, one of my one of my roommates, uh, Daniel Snitchler. He was driving through Omaha, and he, he, he quote he said it was one of the worst towns. He's ever driven through. So at least they got that going for themselves. So Snitchler, I'm giving you a shout out on the show. But it's completely unbelievable. Um, are we actually going to take a break for real, Harry? Is this a for Okay, he's nodding at me. I'm like, let's actually take the break. We're going to take a quick break here on the pack. Maybe for real. Uh, we're talking roundtable when we come back. Richard Sherman's comments. Do we agree? And does the Pro Bowl matter? A, 20, a 21 to 22 victory. Team Rice over Team Sanders. We'll come back on the pack. 88.9 FM. It's WDBME Slanzing. Fino on the pack. As a matter of fact, we're not actually going to take another break. Some more technical difficulties. The CD player is giving me quite a bit of trouble, guys. So we're right back here, guys. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, so honestly, what is the deal with this? They're going to kill us for not taking breaks. Yeah, Sharg's not going to be too happy. I mean, about who cares it, at this point? Sharg. Sharg in a world. Honestly, though, to be to be honest with you, like, at least we're going to have the CD recorded, hopefully. Oh, absolutely. I we mean, will. It'll still be back up online. Everybody because it's not. It. Because probably about 1% of... Well, a one percent signal strength. You know who else could be listening? That's so true. So that that's so good. So we're not. I, I knew we weren't taking a break when I couldn't hear my girl Consuela. So I knew <laughs> <laughs> Consuela's you like named her. That's what that's her name. Oh that's, that's her name. Oh oh wow. It's you actually, really get it. You literally. Oh my. God. It's Consuela. I promise. No no no. It is. She says it's one hundred percent Consuela. Yeah. But okay, guys. So like, let's get more talk for our roundtable. So no <laughs> break. No break. So around. I cannot believe it. We're not taking a. Wow, who cares? So we got a packed roundtable, and we're talking Richard Sherman and these comments. Um, find about 70 – okay, if you want a round to the nearest whatever, $7,700, he's fine. Um, his comments that he made, Roger Goodell not endorsing it. And more importantly, off the te- off that, the Pro Bowl. Do you guys like the Pro Bowl? Do you not like the Pro Bowl? Faith wrote a piece for um, for our online, online segment of the pack about her comments Go on Richard Sherman. Check it out. It's on our website, impact89fm.org. Um, slash sports and Faith's article should be up there getting great reviews and great likes so great <laughs> a very great uh, well written article Faith but since you wrote the article Faith we'll open up with you what do you think about the fine in the comments I know we spoke about it last week but kind of you know Roger Goodell's comments I thought were just ill-advised well I know we had talked about it on the round table was it round table last week yes yeah yeah yes so mm-hmm. we talked about um, do we have a problem with his little outburst at the end and we of did the game. yeah I personally didn't have a problem with that I think it's part of the game but what I do have a problem with was the choking gesture he made made towards Kaepernick on the sidelines after the play. Okay, that's where the fine is coming from. Yeah, I mean, there, the, he he did the like a like a slitting throat, like kind of your dad mode. And look, guys, if you know in sports, you can't do that. Like Kevin, remember Kevin Durant dunked and it was like game over, and he game did that. Over. David Stern teed him up and fined fifty thousand dollars. David Stern. That's a lot so, of money. That's a lot of cheddar. <laughs> but for Kevin Durant, it's like two pairs of shoes. <laughs> so. um yeah, whatever. You know, probably get taxed on that. You know. Anyway, uh, the, the, guys, the point is whether you like the comments or not, I just don't. It's justified here, and I, I don't know what you guys think, hey, Austin. I, I don't think it's justified. But at the same time, everything is just so political. That's the just way life. Let, I know the way let, life is now. Let it's the unfortunate. Players play, man. Let like the boys play. Exactly. Coach. Exactly. But a choking let, gesture. I mean, that's so classy okay, and unsportsmanlike. Okay. Like, I, let your actions speak for yourself. You already. You know, it's hard to debate that. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, no, the play's I, over. He already, they already basically won. I agree with you. And basically, actually, they did win. They did win at that point. <laughs> I've been saying this to a lot of people lately. He should have handled the situation completely differently. He should not have gone up to get an interview. Okay, he knew exactly what he was doing. He could tell every single person that he didn't know what he was doing, but he knew that if he got a national on the national spotlight, and he called would, Crabtree out. Yeah, exactly. He would get. He would get back for. Everything that Crabtree was saying to him, who knows what actually is happening on the field when it's happening. All right. He did taunt him, though, and I don't appreciate but that. But Crabtree also, I mean, I know it probably was out of, I mean, not kindness, but, you know, um, he goes up and tries to give Crabtree a handshake, and Crabtree just shoves him in yeah. the face. I mean, what do you expect? Wouldn't of you course. If you just lost the championship game? Probably. If somebody was taunting, <laughs> was clear- if somebody was taunting me, like, uh, 
fake, like, hey, good game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Well, that's guys. He's a grown man. I mean, this is this so is true. this is an actual football league. Playing for their, you can't cry, Lou. But I it's mean, such a passion. <laughs> you're playing out of a passion. I agree, but that's why to me it's not a big deal of the comments he made and the interview. This guy's an adult. This guy's paid. You know, the guy dominates. If you can talk and back up your play, who cares, Lou? I mean, I think if you can play and you back up your play, who cares? I agree. I think that the uh, as far as uh, as far as the talking to the media goes, I never really liked that. I mean, yeah, I I I'm all for trash talk. Talking to the media, talk not crap so great. all you want. I mean, I don't care. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I but I think when you get into vulgarity and stuff, that's where it really crosses. But the line. He and vulgar? he didn't do that. I know, yeah, and didn't... that's why I don't have an extreme problem it's not, with it's it. It's not like he said "f you," "f me," "f whatever," and people are like, "Oh my!" Darrell Revis said this other that pissed me the f off, and I'm that upset because he said something that really, it really aggravated me. And he said something he was just like, "Man, you got to be about the team. You can't be talking like that." And you know, I mean, what really pissed me off because you know, I you know, I do support the Jets. Is it wasn't about the team when you held out three times. So what a hypocrite that guy is. Yeah, that's you, pretty bad. You ha- you hold out three times for a new contract. And, you know, forgive my language vulgarity, sorry. But uh, the thing is, guys, you can't do that. And, you know, guys are going to have an opinion. And if, if you can talk, you can back up your play, Harry. Back it up. I agree. And Revis is just mad because he's not the best corner in the game anymore. He's not the best corner. He's not the best corner but anymore. This fine. I don't know where Goodell came up with his number. It was like 7,785. Yeah, so I just rounded so out. random. And, and Sherman is making 465000 So this is nothing to him. This yeah. is absolutely nothing. The I don't guy's think about to get Sherman paid. Has a, fine, has, has a problem with this fine. So you know how it goes right. with fines? They all, it gets put in a pool and they just take it out of your salary. So he won't even directly cut that check. Seattle's going to the players union or is it yeah it will, something like that well yeah. yeah the nfl finds it and they notify the players union yeah and they notify the team but the difference is guys richard sherman isn't getting a check and they're like willem write it out to roger goodell it just gets taken out of his salary and seattle cuts the check for that and if i was just, if i were his pr person i would just donate the same amount of money to some kind of charity i think he has some rehabilitation to do with his image i think yeah. that would be a good idea for yeah. that yeah. i mean yeah can pay. i just make a point mm-hmm. sherman right now is making Five hundred and fifty thousand dollars on his jersey sales. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's gonna, guys. If you play in the NFL, you're gonna be fine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, this is not. We're not talking about this guy's gonna be broke. He's gonna live in a box. You know, we're, no one's saying that. But it, it's safe to say that we all think you know some have a problem with the comments. But I think there's a fine line, and if you cross that line, it's unacceptable. I think it's safe to say none of us thought he crossed that line. Is anyone disagreeing with that? Did he cross that line, Faith? Richard Sherman. Did he step outside the box and cross the line of? Comments? Are you okay with the comments he made, or did he cross that line of vulgarity or whatever? Did he step over that boundary for you? I think more of it was the actions and the gestures. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. So you're the minority on that one, but you know. So you're talking about during, not in, not as far as time goes, not anything to do with the interview. No, I don't think the interview was that. I mean, I, I personally, I wouldn't have done it, and I wish he wouldn't have, but he did. I don't think it was as bad as like the gestures. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I, I would say so. I, I don't think. I think people made a big deal about the interview it because it was Aaron nothing. Andrews. Because yeah, it, I mean it was funny. I think it was blown I mean, out of proportion. I mean, Aaron Andrews baited the whole thing. She goes, "Who are you? Got, who are you talking about?" I mean, you know who he, you know who he's talking about. I mean, that's just good reporting. So to recap to that, I mean, good reporting, I guess. But you know, to me, with the, the comments of the comments, it's whatever. Finally, we can stop talking about Richard Sherman and we can start playing some football. Happy Super Bowl week! But guys, there was a football game yesterday. It was the Pro Bowl. And it was t- a new format this year, a fantasy draft. Team Rice versus Team Sanders. And it came to the last second how Alex Smith led a drive right there. 
boom, they score, touchdown, Team Rice, and instead of kicking it, that extra point, they're going for two, and it was Michael Torbear, just getting Tolbert, whatever you want to call it, you know, Tolbert, Colbert, whatever. Michael Tolbert gets in there and gets that two-point conversion. They win 22-21, and it came down to Team Sanders trying to attempt, I think, a, what, 66-yard field goal at the end of the game, and then that was it, and it, it didn't matter. It, it was not good. Antonio Pro Marty, Pro Marty again, <laughs> gets it back, my guy, gets it back, and just, yeah, I mean, he catches it, and the game's over. Mainly, guys, my main point here in the roundtable, does the Pro Bowl matter? Harry. Personally, no. I do like – it was cool to see the whole new format with it. It drew a 7.2 Nielsen overnight rating. Yeah. No, it reminds me of when I would play backyard football on my computer. Even the uniforms look like the random colors I choose. Faith loved the uniforms. I thought they were pretty cool. You got the draft. I personally didn't like them. I thought Nike was advertising the Civil War, Oregon versus Oregon State, just throwing that out there. Oh, my God. They're both gray, though, bro. I'm just saying, (laughs) where where does the lime green and the orange come from? It's traditionally – Because that's a new thing. Yeah, it's neon. Everybody loves neon. They can't mess with tradition, guys. What tradition, though? Because it's a new format. There's no tradition. That is true. There's no the, tradition the right now. The colors of AFC and NFC have been set but, for years But now. to be honest with you, I think they, but there was no AFC versus NFC. They just wanted to get away from that. That format sucked. Yeah. It was terrible. No one watched it. The stadium was a, a little more full than usual. But guys, that... Yesterday's game, if you guys watched it, I lo- I watched every minute. It was so exciting. It was exciting. It's such an hard. exciting game. If I was a player, I can't say that I would play hard just based off injury. You can call me a wimp, but I no. just wouldn't want to lose that money. But it's great to see the players playing hard. If I would have Jamal Charles getting tackled it, yeah. by Derek Johnson teammates, I, I can't Boom. imagine Andy Reid was very happy about that. But I yeah, like no, it breaking. was it was great to see him try hard. A great I, game. You know, I agree with that, but I also have to talk about the injuries. You can get injured in any way, shape, or form in any kind of situation. I just think the Pro Bowl is kind of not backing up what the NFL is trying to do here by by protecting their players. They play 16 games per season, play game in, game in, out, trying to protect themselves and trying to keep themselves together to play the next year and keep on playing, keep on playing, keep on playing. If anything bad happens, like a hit that you're not expecting from your own teammate and something Josh Gordon got flipped over too. He got upended. That yeah, was crazy. Yeah, that's that. crazy. Guys, they're playing. It's, it's not. It's not. Go. It's not worth it. it. To me, it's not worth it. I don't think it matters. Let me ask you this, Fabe. You saw it, the Pro Bowl compared to other years. Was the, was the quality of play, in your opinion, better than usual? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, but I totally agree with that. Now, go, judging by what you saw last year, would you turn on and watch the Pro Bowl next year? I really. I think they need to fix it, or possibly just. Get rid of it. I mean, because I, you're right, the injuries, that could happen, but do the guys actually want to be there? I think it actually it is pretty cool that you're getting all the best guys besides the. I, I, yeah, I totally agree. You're getting the best guys together, and that's what it's about. Maybe you're not going to put in the middle of the regular season and just do a break. That would be my second proposal. But then again, that's half the season, so you don't know who's who. But I like the quality pay. I thought it was the most exciting Pro Bowl, in, in my opinion, I've seen in years. I think it was exciting. They won at the last minute. I think it was a win win situation for the NFL. I think this year was a success. I don't think there's Without any question doubt. about that. But I don't think that if I was an owner, I would not be in favor of it. I mean, it makes revenue. It brings in revenue just because of the jersey sales, you know, getting the guys up, getting Sanders but, in there, getting Rice in there. But it's a gimmick. An all-star game in any sport is a gimmick. It's for the fans, but half the time fans aren't even watching. It's on the same time as the Grammys, you know? I mean, it, <laughs> not that I didn't watch the They'd Grammys either, I'll tell you that. No, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> But I, I don't know. I think it's a gimmick. I think the injury thing is 
it's a crap. valid concern. I think it's crap. I think it's I absolutely think it's valid. a valid crap. concern. That's crap. Well, I got you, you, back, you have I got a 16-game yeah. season, and you throw another game in. That's that's a pre- one game. Well, guess in what? A expand- game, that's a high percentage. But but everyone's okay in expanding the playoffs. No one's talking about injuries when they're expanding the playoffs. In a game that matters, exactly. for the outcome of a season for a championship. But, but 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 here's my thing, guys. Here's my thing. You don't want to expand the regular season, but you want to expand the playoffs. And this is all about the money. Why don't we do something for the fans here? Why don't we do something for the fans? The fans want to see the best players in one sitting. Why not give that to them? I think the fans. But then you got the best players. Go, the two, two of the best players on the same team. Which is one cr- guy spears him in the gut, and that. I was mean, he hurt? I didn't. Was no, he, hurt? he wasn't hurt, but he ah. easily could have been. And then what but happens then? Then you guys, take for the fans of that city, they don't have one of their best players left because they, of a, a, a of stupid what? game. Of what? And for the fans, what can you possibly get speared for? Like you get what injury could you mean? You're not playing next. Oh, you're not playing next broken week. Broken rib. You can, I don't know. Concussion. Okay, concussion. Who knows? okay. If you exactly. break, if you break your rib in the last week of the season, are you telling me you're not going to be ready for Labor Day weekend? What I'm not telling that, you that. I mean, yeah, but you you just said that you want to move it into the middle of the season. <laughs> I said that would be good, but it wouldn't work. Because I never. I first of all, I like it the way it is <laughs> because I injuries aren't valid. No, no, no. I'm saying it wouldn't work because in the middle of the season, you don't have the full complexity of who should be a Pro Bowler or not. That's, right. that's I see you there. That's but what I'm saying. Because the season sample size is so small. Exactly, and, and that's why one game is it, such a big. It's such a big. They're not going to get rid of it, but it, I'll tell you what: if you really wanted to get rid of it, they would have dogged it. I thought this new format was great. I thought this new format was 100 percent great. I'll I, agree with you there. I, I like the new, I like the the new format was great. And guys, I saw more sacks, and you could see the sacks, guys. It wasn't no one was getting pounded. It was just like guys were getting tackled and it would go down. It's football. If you don't expect to get any time you take the field, you gotta expect to get hurt. And guys. If they, did, they, if they didn't want to play in the Pro Bowl, they could have declined it. They would have gotten fined, but they could have declined it. That's the problem is we have to start doing things for the fans here. And right now the Pro Bowl is a win-win for the fans. I think it's a total win-win for the fans. I think a big thing for the fans would be giving us another playoff game. Yeah. I would be so They're doing that. I would so like that more than they're, with that. They're I would expanding love the, that more than a Pro Bowl. I think a skills they're already, they're already doing that. I think a skills competition is in. Is they used necessary. to do it. They got rid of it. That would be the phenomenal. NFL, they, used to, they used to do skills. They got rid of skills. Seeing guys like Peyton and Tom throwing balls around. They used to do it, guys. Guys, they used to do it. They got rid of it, and they didn't like it. You know what? Maybe my panelists don't agree with me, but guess what? I think the Pro Bowl is great. And you know what? We want to see We want to see that. We want to see people getting tackled because guess what? If you break your ribs, good thing you're not playing in mid-February because Super Bowl teams don't play in the Pro Bowl. Guys, same place as always. No breaks this week. Thank God we had more time to talk. 88.9 FM, WDBME Slanting is the place to find us. Mondays from 7 to 8. You know what? The pack embracing the Spartan debate. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking Super Bowl. We'll be talking Michigan State. We'll be previewing that game at Madison Square Garden and all that stuff. So we'll talk about it all on the pack. As usual, I'm your host, Fino, alongside on the award-winning pack, second and third place SBJ Awards, best of MSU. Guys, you can't complain. The place to find us here in the Holden Hall is every Monday, 7-8. I'll see you next Monday. Holy on the pack. This is Fino.